Hello, and welcome back to the Luther Loves Movies podcast, episode 3. This week I'm going to be talking about films that I felt were snubbed for the Oscars, as well as the films that I've knocked off my list this week so far. But first I want to give a quick update. This week I was able to get the Luther Loves Movies podcast Facebook page up and running. I have not really posted much of anything there yet, other than my current list of films I have yet to watch, uh, with a few of them crossed out, ones that I of course knocked out this week. I hope to be able to use this page to be able to share articles that I found interesting regarding films and filmmaking, where I'll share trailers that I find that look interesting for upcoming films. I'd also like for it to be a place of feedback. Uh, I'd like to be able to hear what you guys think, things that you'd like to hear me talk about, just anything that you're interested in, really. I would like for it to be a place of open communication about film appreciation. I would like to hear about things that you found interesting about the films that you like. I would like to hear little tidbits of trivia or information that you would like to share. I, however, would not like the group to turn into just debating or bickering. I, I would like to try and keep as positive and as wholesome as possible. I mean, don't get me wrong, I get it. There's some films out there that people just absolutely don't like. Norm of the Norse! Anyways, I still would like to try and keep the group mainly just focused on film appreciation, not degradation. Degradation? Degrad... Uh, you get what I'm trying to say. I would also like to get to a point where maybe I can start putting out, I don't know, maybe a trivia question uh, on the episode so that people can answer online. I thought that might be pretty cool. Obviously, I don't have like prizes or anything I can give out, but uh, there's always bragging rights, and there's nothing wrong with that. So this week, I was able to knock off El Conde, Society of the Snow, and May-December off of my list. I'll start with May-December and then go back through what I watched throughout the week, because it's just most fresh on my mind. And, oh boy, this was a particularly rough watch for me. The film stars Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman, and Charles Melton, directed by Todd Haynes, and the screenplay by Sammy Birch, for who is nominated for Best Original Screenplay. The film is about an actress who goes to stay with a convicted sex offender who was a teacher who slept with one of her students so that she can portray the woman in a film about her life. Natalie Moore plays the actress, Julianne Moore plays the former teacher, uh, Charles Melton of course plays her husband who was the student of the teacher who she had an affair with. I think you can kinda already see where my discomfort lies. Plus, not only is the subject matter a bit uncomfortable, it's also based off of the real life of Mary Kay Letourneau, who did exactly that. The film, of course, takes a few uh, differences from the actual story, and of course, the story about the actress being involved is completely fictional. This is an example of a film that has qualities of good filmmaking in it, but is a film that I just could not bring myself to enjoy. But I will try and mitigate this as much as I can because of course you know I don't like talking bad about a film. I will try and focus on the better parts of it. One of those better parts being Charles Melton's performance. He really showcases the 
the stress that his character is going to as he's trying to come to terms with the fact that his life is not exactly how he I think he originally pictured it would be and he seems to struggle a lot with what has happened to him and it's very much exasperated by the actress's involvement. Charles showed incredible range in this film and his currently most notable role is Reggie in Riverdale so I think this will be one of the books for him and I'm eager to see what he does next. Julianne Moore played her character probably perfectly because she gave me the absolute creeps the entire film. Her character seemingly showed no remorse and seemed very emotionally manipulative just gave me goosebumps at times. And also to that effect, I thought Natalie Portman also did a very good job at kind of the same thing. Her character seems to almost... While she initially sees what's morally wrong with Julianne Moore's character, there's times where, in a way, maybe she's, how you say, method acting? Not every role needs to be method acted. I'm talking, of course, about Natalie Portman's characters act as an actress, not Natalie Portman herself, as that seemingly is exactly what she does. Um, there's definitely a few parts in the film where you start to wonder what her mindset is like. She also makes some very questionable choices. It really creeps me out, and I think it might creep some of you out too. So, uh, I will say, uh, watch at the viewer's discretion. I like the award for Best Original Screenplay. I like new and interesting stories, and maybe not everything needs to be turned into a movie. I will say maybe uh, a film that I would have liked to see get this nomination more would be Air, about uh, Nike's deal made with then-rookie player Michael Jordan. That was an excellent story that was based off of an actual event that I might have liked to see the nomination go to more. But then again, maybe I'm being too harshly critical, and which is something I do try and stay away from. Wag your finger and chastise me later, if you will. Uh, next, uh, one of the films I watched this week was Society of the Snow, which I think I remarked in one of the earlier, one of the previous two episodes, was a film that I thought I had seen something like it before, and I had. This film is about the 1972 Andes flight disaster, which is also the subject of the film Alive, starring uh, Ethan Hawke, Josh Hamilton, and was directed by Frank Marshall. But hey, I'd say 31 years is an okay enough time to wait for a remake. And boy, did they knock it out of the park. The film is nominated for Best International Film as well as Best Makeup and Hairstyling, but one that I felt it did very well on was Cinematography. Man, this film is crisp! It is such a clear picture, which even for my 28-inch insignia is not always the best to get a good image on. But seriously, I felt like I could see every speck of dirt on their faces. There was also some really great shots of the mountains, one of my favorites being when the sun is coming up over the mountain, and there's wisps of snow that's swirling around in the air. It looks like magic. I, I will try and see if I can get a few 
uh, clips and pictures and posted to the Facebook page just to kind of showcase what I'm talking about. Again, that's the Luther Loves Movies podcast Facebook page. So in my opinion, it was definitely a really good contender for best cinematography, especially since because of that really great cinematography, you get a really good look at the makeup. And I wouldn't say hairstyling was as much as a component in this because a lot of times they have their heads covered. Although, hey, I will say all the guys in the film had great hair. Stuck on the mountaintop, great hair. No, but seriously, if, if you don't know anything about the 1972 uh, Andes flight disaster, it's about a flight from Uruguay to Chile that had 45 passengers on board, including Uruguayan football team, uh, the old Christians, that crash landed in the heart of the Andes Mountains. Only 16 of the 45 passengers survived and were faced with below zero temperatures, uh, cave-ins from an avalanche and their shelter that they made in the scraps of the plane to having to deal with starvation and even having to turn to cannibalism to survive and, and the only reason they made it out is because two of them trekked for miles for days to be able to find help and to save the rest of the passengers it is an incredibly harrowing tale uh, definitely i i think of uh the three films that i'm mentioning today i i would definitely recommend that you go watch that one first and cool fact, uh, Monse, I want to say this correctly, Monse Rebe and David Marti, I feel like I'm messing those up, they have actually won Academy Awards before for Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth in 2006 are now coming back to the Oscars 17 years later. Uh, the film was in 2006, so they won in 2007. You, you get what I'm trying to say. I think that's incredible for them. And one last thing I would like to mention is I just saw this when I was looking up the film uh, earlier on Netflix, that they have also come out with a documentary called Society of the Snow, Who We Were on the Mountain, that also includes interviews with the survivors. And so I've only gotten to see about 10 minutes into that just because my curiosity was peaked, even though I was supposed to go ahead and start recording. Uh, I would definitely uh, love for you guys to check that out because it also includes a lot of really great uh, shots. Um, I would also like to, you know, shout out to the director, uh, Pedro Luque. I want to, again, I hope I'm saying these names correctly, uh, who was also the cinematographer for the film Antebellum. I want to see, I, I don't think I've seen that one yet, actually. I would like to see that one more. Um, I would like to see that one. And then hopefully be able to see more of his uh, films in the future because I, I like finding cinematographers that I like. So not only will I try and include some shots of the landscapes, I'll also try and include some of the shots of the actors with all the, the applications on their face. Uh, I will say there is also a, a very particular hard to watch scene uh, when the plane is crashing. There's bodies flying all over the place crunching into each other showing the legs snapping with a sickening crunch uh so just a forewarning speaking of cinematography and chili and I, the spanish language i suppose the the next film i saw this week was el conde which was 
a hilarious dark comedy about a fictionalized version of the Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet, who is a 250-year-old vampire. Uh, after he uh, staged his notable death, he is surrounded by his children who are all trying to come and get their inheritance, and he is seemingly fed up with life, but comes introduced to a young nun who wants to try and quote-unquote save him. <laughs> the film is hilarious, and I, I get uh, why it was nominated for the cinematography. I first, of course, note that the film is in the black and white, um, but what I really think it was for was when it shows the flight scenes of the vampires. It's... <sighs> It's really good. <laughs> uh, the way that they kind of just move and levitate seamlessly through the air was, I thought, excellent. Uh, better than any kind of like... I Sometimes when you see like a Marvel film uh, or uh, another action hero film where you see like a character flying through the sky, you kind of get like... I always feel like there's almost like a blurred sense to their movements. But with this, it's it was very crisp and very clear and I I can kind of imagine how they might have done it but it it's just so uh, it's almost like watching dancing kind of so uh, I really liked it I, I don't know if it's my top pick for cinematography but it was definitely enjoyable I'd say it's one that I'd recommend alrighty so on to the main thing that I wanted to go over today which were films that I felt got snubbed which i mean anyone can say anything was snubbed this is where it comes back to artist objective but i think there's always films that we're going to wish that we had seen get more recognition than they got so i mean the first one that well obviously i've already mentioned air which i thought would have been great for our best original screenplay one that I've mentioned in a previous episode, whether it was the first one or the second one, was Asteroid City by Wes Anderson, because like a lot of other film nerds, I love Wes Anderson films. I like their stylishness, I like their coloration, the use of symmetry, and I like the ensemble, I like the dialogue, I like its dry humor. I... But at the same time, I mean, Wes Anderson's one of those directors whose films always gets nominated. But, I mean, they're good! They're just that good! I mean, if you are going to be a great filmmaker and you're going to put great films, you should always get recognition no matter what, in my opinion. But, I, I, get I understand. I won't complain too much. I just thought, I, I like this one a lot because I really love the use of color and giving it that kind of campy old west style to it i liked how it switched back and forth between being the show and then being behind the scenes and eh, i'm a sucker i am glad that at least one of his short films got nominated but i would have really loved to see him get uh best director nomination and I get that a lot of people that I talked to didn't feel like it was one of his better films, but honestly for me I think it's one of my most liked of his films. 
and then of course Robert Yeoman who was his cinematographer who's been his cinematographer for several other films I felt could have gotten the nomination best cinematography of course uh, one of my other favorite Wes Anderson films is Fantastic Mr. Fox because I love stop motion animation which speaking of stop motion animation I felt I felt Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, also could have gotten a nomination for Best Animation because, I mean, seriously, stop motion animation takes so much and it's so unique. And Ardman Animations is the best. I love, well, I grew up with Wallace and Gromit. I grew up with Chicken Run. I had little light up Chicken Run Velcro shoes when I was like kindergarten. I mean, maybe my nostalgia is weighing in more than my film critique but that's yeah, so be it i mean sure when it weighs into best animated film it's not just the animation alone i'm sure it includes you know like the the story the message and when it comes to stuff like that it's it's i try and keep a more open mind nimona is one where i felt the animation was really good um i especially loved the story to it I thought it was a very good and open-minded children's story. Robot Dreams is a super cute movie. I have not gotten to see the full film yet, but I really love the trailer for it. I'm hoping I can find that one soon. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is probably like what I'm looking at to probably win this year because it has like the different styles of animation for each of the Spider-Men. It was, it was, I would say that artistically, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was probably the best animated film of this year, in my opinion. Although, it's probably either not, I don't want to say the worst, uh, and in terms of the nominated, it was my least enjoyed story-wise. I thought it had a good story, but because it's, it's setting up for the third movie, it was very, seemed very transitional to me and did not hold enough on its own as a singular story. The only one I kind of didn't care for even more was Elemental, just because the story seems kind of overdone. I get you have girl meets boy, boy doesn't meet parents' expectations, they have to prove that their differences make them better than what makes I, you, you get what I'm saying like I don't don't get me wrong it's an important story it's an important message it's just one that I feel kind of get used a lot I mean it's not the same as Zootopia because I feel like Zootopia was more of like a a message on race but <sighs> I don't know Perhaps maybe I should take a step back and enjoy it for what it is. I, again, like, I mean, these are kids' movies. Every year it's being introduced to young children who haven't seen films like it before. And in that respect, I should give it a break. But hey, I'm still talking about snubs. And in terms of a animation snubs, I thought one that could have gotten it was, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Again, this might be one that's being very heavily influenced by my nostalgia. But, I mean, it did have the same animators for the Spider-Man animated universe. So, I mean, 
but also it just had that real classic kind of 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles-esque style to it with the goo and the, the coloration, the comic coloration. And even though I kind of wish they had kept more like the original storyline, the way that they animated it and the color and the style that they used really had me hook, line, and sinker. And I really hope that they continue to make more. They definitely set it up for sequels, so I hope we get sequels. Just don't get me wrong, I know that a lot of us are tired of seeing sequels to movies, but when it's a really good movie, you want more. You want to see more of this really great story that they have to tell. Mm. Speaking of great stories, one that I felt, I don't know if it necessarily deserved a nomination for best original screenplay, but it's one that I really loved a lot was They Cloned Tyrone on Netflix, where uh, this guy's living kind of like the slums, like starts noticing weird things going around and he gets killed only to wake up back in his bed and then starts trying to figure out what happened to him and he and his friends discover this plot to keep them controlled and every time and that they're being cloned over and over again in this underground laboratory and it had this just really wacky story i like anything with like that starts out where you think it's going to be like a, a normal a realistic answer to a mystery and then just taking a complete left turn and being some kind of like wild answer like they're cloning everyone or they all turned out to be horse people. Uh, granted, I felt like sorry to bother you was maybe not quite the same level. Although, I mean, hey, I enjoyed it. I also love stories that really kind of put me on edge and kind of like introduce new ways of being afraid to me, which is exactly what I thought Leave the World Behind did. Uh, a very great end of the world apocalypse movie that kind of like takes ideas from modern stuff like there's a scene where like there's a, a terrorist attack that's going on and uh they've taken control of the electric cars and they're taking electric cars off the lot and just jamming them right into each other on on the expressway and the exit so that like no one can like travel on the roads and I, it just gave me the heebie-jeebies, and that was the whitest thing I've ever said. Uh, it just freaked me out, and a lot of other stuff in that film. If you want a really good, like, apocalypse movie, uh, I definitely would check out Leave the World Behind. Back to speaking of weird stories, though, like, they cloned Tyrone. Uh, I think the weirdest movie that came out this year was Bo is Afraid, which was the third, like, large film from... Uh, the third like main feature film from Ari Aster whose other works were Midsummer and Hereditary. I thought uh, I loved Bo is Afraid because it was freaky. The I thought that I thought Joaquin Phoenix's Joaquin Phoenix's acting in Bo is Afraid was 
better than Napoleon for this year for sure. And he just plays this like insane character and the way that I love the cinematography and the camera like follows him around in different angles and kind of like almost like a, uh, you know, like a side scrolling video game at times. The, the set design and cinematography were really great for this film. I definitely felt like it was a contender, especially for like there's a scene where he visits this group of actors in the woods that are putting on this play and he's acting out this play it's it's being told in this almost kind of like paper mache world mixed with other elements i felt that was noteworthy at least so i was kind of sad that it didn't get a mention for anything really but i digress also in terms of the technical awards i also felt like gran turismo kind of got snubbed out on best sound it really kind of <laughs> puts you in the driver's seat so to say it's also a really incredible story, and I thought, I thought this was Archie Madekwe's best film yet. Maybe not so much for Neil Blomkamp's. I, I think the general consensus for his like first trilogy of films um, is not the highest, but it's one. There are three that I really loved, was which was uh, Elysium, Chappie, and District Nine. Elysium, was, eh, but I really love Chappie and I really love District 9. Chappie, even though I'm not a big fan of the uh, Die Antwerp group. These were the main films that I felt got snubbed the most. There's a few other films that I felt were probably good contenders and were probably looked at, but didn't quite make the cut. Uh, films like, well, I'll just go through as, as many as I can. Uh, Knock at the Cabin by M. Night Shyamalan. Mario Brothers movie, I thought... I, okay, Mario Brothers movies, I... Maybe a lot of people might disagree with me on that. I don't know. Peaches was a catchy song. F*** you if you don't like Peaches. I love Peaches. Peaches was a song that should have been nominated for best, uh, for best song. I don't want to kick any of the other best song nominees off because they were all great but i still think it should have been the sixth nominated best song i don't care if you guys hate me for that opinion it's my opinion nah nah okay anyways uh i definitely really love taron egerton as being the lead actor in tetris uh i love him in everything there's not a movie i don't love taron egerton and i want to see more i i if every film just had taron egerton in, in it for the rest of my life to superimpose his face on every character I'm okay with that. I I know there was a rumor a while back that he might get tapped to play Wolverine next, and I would have loved that. Absolutely thought he would have killed that. How to Blow Up a Pipeline was one that I felt definitely could have, uh, should have been consideration for uh, best director, best screenplay. Um, although I also get that there may have... I don't always know how the Academy feels about certain controversies when it comes to the film when it regards subject matter. But then again, they nominated May-December, so what do I know? Sorry. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret is one that I thought would be good for Best Adapted Screenplay. Moon Garden, I felt, has some pretty avant-garde cinematography. Uh, it's by Oscilloscope Laboratories, which tends to be a little bit more on the artsy side of things, I think. That if you have it in a theater, 
near you, they have a film uh, that should be out right now, I think, called Sometimes I Think About Dying. Uh, that's one that I would really like to try and catch this year. But in terms of Moon Garden, I like anything with kind of like a surreal, uh, dreamlike look to it. Um, and back to films that got snubbed for best animation, one of my favorite uh, stop motion films of all time, Mad God, is an insane stop motion hellscape that if you ever get the chance to, to see it, it is, an, it is a perfection of stop motion animation in my opinion uh if you have a shutter account you can watch mad god on shutter i believe still it was on this past year i doubt they will take it off because one it's so freaking good even though they took off mandy for a while for some reason even though they kept using mandy in their advertisements for shutter i believe that's also back on there mandy being my, probably one of my favorite films of all time in terms of horror i am getting horribly off track let me reel it in theater camp is also a film i really love this year although i had to find it through other means because despite getting the trailer for it in our previews for films at my theater and despite getting sent posters for it as if we were going to showcase it we never received the film so thanks whoever was in charge of that at redacted theater location that i worked for uh which of course i have uh former managers <laughs> and employees that listen to this and of course it was no one at the theater's fault just you know somewhere up the line there's someone that was in charge of that and they made a uh, decision that i did not care for by not sending me that film so i could have watched it at least on the big screen anyways there's landscape with invisible hand which would have been which had a very fantastic screenplay and dumb money which was a really good adapted screenplay dicks the musical which i'm not sure if they had gotten a best original song would have been able to be performed and speaking of music i am i actually really enjoyed taylor swift's era's tour i am not a taylor swift fan by any means i could not name you a single song at, at, at this very point in time i could maybe try and reiterate lyrics from a song and guess at its title and you'd probably know what i'm talking about but i am by no means a taylor swift fan but i will say i thought everything from her set design to the outfits to the cinematography of the concert film was spectacular it would have been my favorite concert film i saw in theaters this year if they didn't release stop making sense by the talking heads because damn that's a good one Ah, oh, that one literally had me out of my seat. If you have never seen Stop Making Sense, find it. Find it right now. Watch it right now. Become a Talking Heads fan. Do it. And I haven't gotten to see Disney's Wish yet. I don't think it's in theaters any longer, so I'll probably just wait for it to come out on Disney+. Plus. But I was honestly expecting that one to beat out Elemental for Disney's go at a best animated film this year, so... 
I don't know what happened, but I guess I'll find out when I finally get around to seeing it. Uh, speaking of other films that I haven't seen that I thought would possibly do well is Dream Scenario, starring Nicolas Cage, as that one... I, I'm a big Nicolas Cage fan. That's uh, Mandy is one of my favorite films. Uh, Con Air is one of my favorite films. Uh, even if some of his films aren't the best film-wise, I enjoy them the most. I have not seen Dream Scenario in theaters yet, but it was supposed to come out last year. I got posters for it and nothing. So, still waiting to see that one come around and uh, see exactly where that lies. I'm sure it probably might not be Oscar worthy, but I'm looking forward to it. All the films that I've mentioned were films that did not get any nominations that I felt could have been contenders. Of course, that's just my opinion. I would like to hear your guys' opinions as well. Um, go, I will try and put a post on the Luther Loves Movies Facebook page. And you guys tell me which films that you thought should have been nominated this year. As well as your favorite films from this year as well. One last one. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I don't, I don't care. Put it, I, That was probably my favorite movie from this year. Because I'm a big D&D nerd. I should stop making this podcast about me and keep it about movies anyways i will go ahead and wrap this up this of course has been the luther loves movies podcast with your host me luther graves hi yes me i'm the name in the title the background music is bossa antigua by kevin mcleod the photo for the episode this week was made by dallas step and this podcast is of course distributed by Acast. thank you and i will see you guys next week or i won't see you You'll hear me. I won't hear you, but be sure to tune in next week.